it's another episode of Kingdom Hurts. Ouch. <laughs> should should we make that a jingle? Yes. And just just put it in at the beginning. That's a terrible jingle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello everyone. We're back again with another shit posty episode. And you did not hear our attempt at an intro. Nope. Yes. Definitely not. I n- probably remembered to cut that out. Or maybe I left it in on purpose. Who knows? Life's a grab bag of mysteries. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Grab bag of mysteries. That sounds I... like, that sounds like, no, seriously, on topic, a grab bag of mysteries sounds like what Kingdom Hearts 3 news is right about now. You mean nothing. Exactly. Since we're getting started, um, in Kingdom Hearts news, nothing, um, too exciting since the trailer, obviously. There has been one announcement for those of you who might be attending Anime Expo in LA. I'm jealous of you. Yes, Sora's Japanese voice actor is supposedly going to be there. Um, And we do also have some birthdays of voice actors that came this month. Alright, um, so we have, um, so before I move on to the birthdays, um, it's, uh, Miyu Irino, Japanese voice actor for Sora, like I said, at Anime Expo, um, if you want to check out more info for that, I'm sure they have it posted on their website. Um, but let's see. All right. James Patrick Stewart had a birthday, um, a few days ago. That, so, He's almost four as days old ago. as Zigbar is. Yeah, he's about as old as Zigbar is, and if you can't gather from the way we're talking, he is Zigbar slash Bragg's English voice actor. Willa Holland turned 26 two days ago, and she is Aqua's English voice actor. Wait, oh my god, she's only 26? Yeah, she's only 26. Oh my god, she's only 26. Why is that so surprising? Uh, let's see. Because she voices Aqua. Aqua is not that old. Most 26-year-olds that I know, uh, they're, they're, they're like, barely functioning, so I'm impressed. Fair enough. So, happy birthday to Willa Holland and James Patrick Stewart. Um, in that same vein, the English Kingdom Hearts 2 novel, first volume, has been released today. Um, the KH13... Twitter, that's just letters K-H and the numbers 1-3, has posted information on where to purchase it, so if you are interested in that at all, uh, go check it out. Do we have anything else we want to talk about in regards to news, or lack thereof, Um, I guess? I think we don't have any more news until D23. Yeah, there's supposed to be a big announcement coming at D23, um, particularly on July 15th, according to... All my, you know, super in-depth Kingdom Hearts sources, which is everyone else's Kingdom Hearts sources. Because, unfortunately, I'm not at the top yet. Oh, well. We'll get there, maybe. Oh, yeah, we forgot to say who we were. Hi, I'm Dee. Hi, I'm Helen. And we host this crappy podcast. And as you can tell, it's crappy because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's okay. We'll get there eventually. Thank you to the person who was very nice on Tumblr, though. Yes! Um, Special shout-out to Nodri's or... I thought it said Nordy's the first time I I read your username. I'm sorry. The play? Um, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, special set, a shout out to Norgies. Thank you, Norgies. Norgies? I, I don't know how to pronounce your username. Whoever you sorry. are, we like you. Yes, and you were very supportive, and we appreciate that from anyone who listens, you know, just um, leaving us a review and all that. Or reblogging or retweeting any of our stuff so we can get the word out. Because I'm really bad at, you know, trying to 
market a podcast. So it might be a little bit of a shorter episode today just because um, we don't have that much in the way of news, but we'll see. Let it us depends who we draw out of the bag. Yes, and let us move on to the character analysis, aka hot or not, because I'm sure that's all y'all really care about. Honestly. And that's the sound of a plastic bag being shaken and our future being decided. Okay, pick a name out of the bag. Not a hat like I said it was going to be last week. But we don't know. have any hats for that. I have hats, but they're uh, not. Let me see. You're, I can't read your goddamn handwriting. Lushu! I'm trying to remember who Lushu is. Helen is looking at me with a slightly glazed look on their face right now. I can't fucking remember <laughs> who Lushu is! So, for those of you who are not completely, you know, caught up on all the Kingdom Hearts storyline and all that, Lushu is one of the Master of Masters apprentices. He oh, is... Oh, yeah! Yes, he is the one that is the only one that knows the actual contents of um, the Book of Prophecies, which right now I can't remember because it's been a little while since we last watched um, that cover, and we only wa have watched it once so far. So forgive me if any of my information is incorrect or lacking. He's like the OG dude with the OG Xehanort's Keyblade. Um, I, right? Yes and no. Technically he gets um, the Keyblade that allows the Master of Masters to see into the future from him, but, you know, yeah. obviously it's been bequeathed to him at this point. So, unfortunately for you guys, we can't really do a hot or not. I'm sorry about the squeaking. This chair that I'm in is super uncomfortable, so I will try and pitch that down in post, but I make no promises. Yeah, but unfortunately we don't really know much about Lushu, and we also don't know what he looks like, because he has only ever been seen in a black coat just like the Master of Masters. So all we can really go by is his voice acting. Yes, though I do like his voice actor. I, who, also like his I voice can't actor. remember who it is right now, but nice. But um, what we can do is I really do think he's an interesting character, um, just because there's not a lot we do know about him aside from the fact that originally, at least for me, I was led to believe there were only the foretellers that were the apprentices. I do, you know, vaguely recall Lushu being present in um, the trailer. I think it was for 2.8. And I was like, oh, who the fuck is this? And then the Master of Masters showed up, and I was like, oh, obviously it's him, but it wasn't, because there were two of them. Yes. <laughs> I need to sneeze. Okay. Um, You're going to be cutting this all out, right? I'll be cutting some of this out, yes. Yeah. It's not coming. Okay, well, I'll, whenever Helen sneeze, I will be cutting that out. So if there's a hard <laughs> cut later, that's what it is. Anyway, um, Lushu. Uh, I think he's going to be fairly important. I think the whole thing about there being a traitor is kind of BS, especially since Lushu does know the full contents of the prophecies. There's, I think there's either no traitor or he is the traitor. Yeah. Because it's never implied that the traitor has to be one of the foretellers, and Lushu is present pretty much the entire time um, that, you know, this uh, events of back cover are going on, because um, for those of you who haven't seen it, you know, it goes back and forth, it talks about Ira, Ased, Ava, Envy, and Gula, it kind of just goes back and forth. It'll do one story, the next story, the next story, blah, blah, blah. And it'll repeatedly reconfirm that Ava is my wife. I love her. But this is not about Ava. Um, no, it's about it's about Lushu. Yes. Who, I'm sorry, I can't just... I, I, 
his name reminds me of Mushu, so I have this image of Eddie Murphy under the coat. Oh my I'm so god, sorry. no! I'm so sorry, I can't help it. The powerful, the pleasurable, <laughs> the indestructible Mushu! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> well, I mean, Xehanort had to get the Keyblade from somewhere, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, now you all have to live with that image. Lushu is Mushu. Canon confirmed. I think his introduction in Kingdom Hearts 3 definitely needs to be a big overblown silhouette on rocks fanned by a cricket with a leaf. Oh my god. <laughs> and then we need to make sure that Xehanort and Ericus both do a really, really girly eee! Ericus is dead. I'm not talking about Ericus being dead. I'm pretty sure that Lushu trained them both. Oh, you're talking about, like, young Xehanort Yes, because we did see them in a trailer, and they're probably going to be involved in the game somehow. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. So I'm pretty sure that Lushu trained them. I'm not sure, just because the Keyblade War had already taken place, and in um, Birth by Sleep, which is ten years before the current time, the most current timeline of the game, we're told that the Keyblade War had taken place like, hundreds or thousands of years before the events of Birth by Sleep. So, unless Lushu was doing the same thing that Xehanort, we've been led to believe, has been doing for at least some period of time. Body um, snatching? Yeah, body snatching. Um, I don't... I don't know that it's possible that he would have trained them. But at the very least, that Keyblade that wound up in Xehanort's hands, we do know... Lushu did have it, and it does have the power to foresee the future if what the Master of Masters said is to be believed. And there's an implication that the Master of Masters isn't human, and Lushu may also not be human, we don't know. That's fair, but I'm, I'm not sure what to believe about the Master of Masters, just because, you know, I think his character is great, and I think he's super funny. I'm sorry about the squeaking again. Um, just the way he acts leads me to believe that he seems to like just fucking around with He's his apprentices. He's basically a trickster god, but for his apprentices. Kind of, And I yeah. feel like, what does that mean for poor old Lushu? Like, he's just doing what he's told. No, I have no faith in Lushu, honestly. I don't think he's, like, a protagonist character. No, me either. I think he's a side character, but I think he's a side character with importance. So I, not, I don't think that's called a side character. That's No, I wouldn't call him a side character in any way. A side character would be someone like Hainer Fentanyllet. A secondary but antagonist? Possibly. Because he he wouldn't have that keyblade if he wasn't of some significant importance to and the And he plot. doesn't just have the keyblade, remember? He yeah, also he also has, has that trunk. The box. Yeah, box trunk. That may potentially contain something related to the evil exes, because there's a big, you know, the, the box has a big old. Yes, the box old. has, oh, I can't remember what the sigil is on it right now, but. It has a big giant 13 on it. Is it a 13? I'm I pretty sure it's a 13. But there are 13 points in like an oval shape on that box, which is either gonna show some significance to what happens with Xehanort and his many clones, the vessels. evil exes. Yes, the evil exes. We're gonna be bringing that back repeatedly, yes, and you can't three, stop me. The three evil exes. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, if that's also 13 points in time that Lushu needs to ensure happens because his orders from the Master of Masters are to ensure that everything that happens in the Book of Prophecies 
happens whether or not the Master of Masters is there. Basically, Lushu is in charge of making sure that universal constants stay constants. Um, which is really difficult to tell someone to do. Like, fuck you, Master of Masters. You can't just tell him you have to make sure these happen. How does he do that? How does he know that whatever he's doing doesn't change one of those points? Well, I, I don't know that that would be the case, because... The Master of Masters, he said, the Keyblade he has allows him to see what's going to happen, but I don't know if if he only sees one path of things that can happen. For those of you who are Steven Universe fans, you will know that Garnet's third eye and um, Sapphire's future vision will show a multitude of different outcomes that can happen. Um, we can't confirm whether or not the Master of Masters Keyblade Although I would, does that same thing. I would like to point out that he he was probably being facetious, but he did say that the Keyblade contained an eye, his eye. And while he may have been being a douche about it and being like, nah, I just want to fuck with you, that's not actually my eyeball, it could actually be his eye, which would imply that he is physically seeing these things as they occur. Yeah, which might be what allows him to see what's going to happen in the future because this keyblade with what's supposedly his eye is being taken into the future for him i would also like to point out that it's very much not a human eyeball yes it's, it's like a fucking dragon eyeball and i mean i'm all there for him being a goddamn dragon but i doubt it but we're derailing from lushu and mushu not mushu <laughs> <laughs> lushu <laughs> um lushu i think right now is something of a wild card character because unlike the foretellers who are you know actual foretellers and they he, have pretty distinct like personalities and all that yeah there's shoes got like five minutes of screen time max no they all have about at least 20 minutes um to discuss their story and what happens with them to try and lead us to figure out which one is the traitor. Yeah, but, like, Lushu, on his own, has the least amount of screen time out of all of them. Um, I guess. Not really, but... I mean, a lot of it, he doesn't even talk. No, I know. But he does still talk, and he does talk with the Master of Masters, and he seems to only really talk with the Master of Masters. Yeah. But, like I said, he's not a foreteller, and I think the foretellers have that title in the sense that they have the Book of Prophecies, but it's missing this one page. And I think, oh gosh, I think it's Gula? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Gula it's Gula that has just the one page that's missing from everyone else's. And yeah. at first when I was watching it, I thought maybe he was the traitor because he had that page, but then it didn't make sense really. But whatever, and, that... like, it would have made more sense because of their animal-like totem thing. Because um, <clears throat> Gula's the leopard, isn't he? Yes, Gula is the leopard. Would have made more sense, is it is it Envy that's the snake? Yes. Yeah, it would have made more sense, animal totem-wise, for it to be Envy. Yeah. Because snakes, but um, speaking as a Slytherin, I find that very insulting. Well, but then again, if you're gonna talk about it in regards to animal totems, then what about Ava? She's a Okay, fox. yeah, that's a really good point. She is a fox. But, again, there's nothing really in any of the foretellers' specific stories that lead me to believe any of them could be the traitor. Lushu is the only one, I think, that is capable of being that traitor because, one, he has the complete book of prophecies, 
And two, he is sent off away from all of them. And the master of masters, I just don't trust him, honestly. I wouldn't trust him either. But, like, Lushu, it's possible he was ordered to be a traitor. Maybe. he would be betraying all of the rest of them in order to create the events that the Master Masters says are going to happen in the Book of Prophecies, which implies that he's been ordered to betray them on purpose. Yeah. Which, you know, like, it's, it's because he has the full book, he knows how things are supposed to happen, and all he's supposed to make sure that those things happen. I believe he could be the traitor, but... Again, we haven't seen a whole lot, a lot of interaction with him and the other foretellers. It's mostly just him and the Master so, of Masters. Yeah. Did you put him in the character bag, by the way? Yes, he is okay. in the character good bag. We will have a good long discussion about him later. <laughs> that asshole. I think he's funny, but he's also I, He is funny, but he's a douche. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm really hoping we get to learn more about at least Lushu. Yeah. Because... It feels like the Master of Masters is going to kind of be not fully explained ever. And if you if you play um, Unchained, if you play the mobile game, um, there is more about the Foretellers in the mobile game. Not a lot, but there is some stuff about the Foretellers in there. You also learn more about Ephemera, um, but there is almost nothing, if anything, about Lushu at all, period. Yeah, and we have only played the North American version. I know the Japanese version already finished everything. And it's better. And, well, yes, it's better in a lot of ways. But um, we, right now, you know, we're only caught up as far as the North American storyline has been released. So as please, no far, spoilers. Yeah, as far as we know, there is nothing about Lushu in the, the game. Um, well, we're going to have to have a whole episode about Unchained um, at some point. Yeah. Because it's once, complicated. I'm sure once we finish, um, or all the episodes for are released for the North American version, we'll be discussing that in depth. Because as soon as they come out, she plays through all of them because I'm much slower and lazier than her. Yeah, but I also like to keep on top of the storyline. But yeah, I think that about does it for Lushu. Do you have any parting words to say about him? The great and powerful Lushu? Oh my god. <laughs> no, I just, I think, I think that if we do learn anything else about Lushu, it's going to be related to Xehanort somehow. Yeah, I, I it, definitely it just will. agree. It's either gonna be how Xehanort either took the Keyblade from him... Or was given the Keyblade. Or was given the Keyblade. But given what we know about Xehanort right now, I think, like, far more likely that he might have killed him and taken the Keyblade, or killed whoever had the Keyblade and taken it from him. And it is also possible, because we know almost nothing, that Lushu allowed himself to be killed for Xehanort to obtain the Keyblade. Wait, what? It's possible that Lushu allowed Xehanort to kill him and take the Keyblade. Oh. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Alright, but I guess we'll see what pans out whenever either Lushu is discussed more in uh, Unchained X, or, we or if we have to wait until Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Whatever shall that we, may be. Shall we move on yep. to our discussion of worlds? We're doing a world discussion again because I forgot what the other uh, segment we were going to go back and forth with and we're gonna shake was, another bag so now we're gonna shake another bag now so enjoy that noise let me open this bag and reach and into the bag of worlds reach into the world bag and pull pull this piece of paper out castle oblivion Ooh, yay i like this um so i have castle oblivion and land of departure separate in my two um 
bags of mystery. And there's a couple other worlds like that because they interact differently in the games. Yes. Um, Castle Oblivion, <clears throat> I'm going to <clears throat> discuss strictly in regards to 358 and Chain of Memories. So, you know, obviously this castle is a second base, essentially, for um, Organization 13. And it has our husband. Which husband? Marluxia. Oh, yes. My beautiful trans husband. Correct. Um, the rosy what, boy. What, you know, initially we learn about um, Castle Oblivion, and it is repeated a billion times yeah. throughout Chain of Memories, is in this place, to find is to lose, and to lose is to find. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do When it. you reach the top of this castle, Shut up. you may no longer be yourself. Thanks, You Marley. might be Roxas. I mean, yeah, that's why he sees Twilight Town. No, like... I know that. Anyways. Um, Her Marluxia imitation aside, um, <laughs> it's a very interesting and somewhat monochrome place, and it was very hard for me to play because I kept looking at it and squinting because I couldn't see any details because my depth perception is awful and I refuse to wear my glasses. Yeah, but I do um, enjoy Castle Oblivion. Like, it's self-contained world as a concept, I guess, um, just because, um, and this is really probably the only little bit I'll discuss in regards to Land of Departure, um, after Birth by Sleep, you know, I think it's Aqua's, I think it's a secret ending, I can't remember, because I've unlocked all the I'm endings at this like point. Like, 90% sure that's a secret ending? Um, the Land of Departure is what becomes Castle Oblivion, because Aqua locks that world and locks Ven away in it so he can sleep until she's back to help him wake up. So that is why Castle Oblivion is the way it is. What is supposed to happen is you're not supposed to remember why you're there. Um, and the reason that the organization members can come and go with so much ease is partially because of their coats. Which, like, the primary function of those black coats is to protect you from the darkness. Yeah, it's, it's like an armored shell kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's like a second skin. There's a reason that Mickey wears one as well, and there's a reason Riku. that Riku wears one. And they were not, they are not a strictly Organization 13 invention by any stretch of the imagination. No, because of course, as we were discussing earlier, Lushu and the Master of Masters both wear that coat. And what I understand is that coat is what allows you to travel through those dark portals between worlds instead of having to take like a gummy ship or um the keyblade and it, it protects you it's it's like it would be like if if okay this is not a great example but if the realm of darkness was a massive thunderstorm and the black coat was the equivalent of an oil skin um jacket yeah. it would basically cause the darkness to slip off of you instead of soaking you through yeah Hence and, the all-covering hood and all that good stuff. Yes, and you also have to consider that since Organization 13 is supposed to eventually, like, the goal was for them to become some form of vessel for Xehanort, <clears throat> since they all have or will have at some point some piece of Xemnas slash Xehanort slash also potentially Terra. Um, hmm, that's fun. That... I think that could, you know, play into why it doesn't affect them as much, because obviously, Xemnas knows what is supposed to be there, like, at Castle Oblivion. Oh yeah, Oblivion. Xemnas knows exactly what's up, because as As both Xehanort, and, you know, maybe partially as Terra, but I think for sure as Xehanort, because 
the information that the land of departure could become Castle Oblivion is something that, um, according to Ericus, is only supposed to be passed to another Keyblade Master. Which is why Aqua knows and Terra does not. However, there may be an element of Terra within Xenosan or the Evil Exes, whatever, that kind of knows there's something there that he cares about. Yeah. And might be looking for, even if he doesn't know what it is or why. Yeah. Depends on how sentient Terra actually is. Yeah, so in regards to Sora, the whole process of Castle Oblivion is to essentially turn turn him originally before Marluxia and shit up. tries to betray the organization, is for him to become the organization's pawn. And as is evident in um, Dream Drop Distance... What the organization wants is for Sora to become a vessel. Originally, you know, they want Riku, but... But, you know, it's that whole a larger light casts a darker shadow thing. Mm-hmm. And Sora as a vessel would be incredibly powerful because if there is one thing about Sora that's definitely constant, it's that he has a lot of power and he's very, very strong. And it's not just because he's the protagonist. It kind of is. But he would make the most sense power-wise as a vessel. Yeah, and I think that's why in Chain of Memories, Marluxia looks at him and says, well, I can use this guy to try and overthrow the organization. Obviously, you know, he's also thinking of it in regards to nominate, inserting herself in Sora's memories and using that to basically say, well, look, these terrible people are trying to hurt this person who you don't actually know but think you know and want to protect, so I'm going to use that to my advantage and have you help me overthrow them. The organization is basically manipulating the environment of Castle Oblivion to suit their own ends, which is really cool, but also it's, 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 it's actually it's a protection tactic from Castle Oblivion itself. By throwing them all off into this direction of wiping people's memories and not knowing where you are or why you're there, it's diverting you from where, um, from where Ventus is. Yeah, the, I think, and I think the reason that doesn't happen to Riku is because instead of trying to go further up in the castle, he is, he makes his way down to the basement. Or no, I'm sorry, um, other way around. He starts from the basement and works his way up to the top floor. And his guidance is by Diz slash Ansem the Wise. Also known as that fucking asshole. He's not an asshole. Mm. He's just, he was very misguided because of what happened with uh, Terranor. I still don't like him. No, I know. He's kind of weird, but regardless. He's a weird old man kind of thing. Regardless, um, Riku is, and the reason Riku winds up in Castle Oblivion is because he, quote, follows where Sora goes, basically. And, you know, again, that also plays into Dream Drop when he uh, is basically acting as a protector for Sora. Basically, Riku's a dream eater, in case you hadn't figured that out. Yeah, spoilers. Riku's basically a dream eater. <laughs> Which means we can put him on his back and rub his belly, right? No! Yes! You don't. We don't get to do that to Chirithi, so we don't get to do that to Riku either. But we can do it to Meow Wow, and Riku's basically the same thing, just angrier. Riku is not a meow wow. Yes, he is. Oh my god. Look at that face. No, he's not a meow wow. <laughs> Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought now. Sora's a meow wow. Sora's definitely a meow wow. Um, but Castle Oblivion, like I said, the, I think the reason Riku is there is he's not there for anything really in regards to the organization until the, the basement crew, Vexen, Lexeus, and Zexion, 
notice that he's there. And, he's there for Sora. That's all he's there for. And yeah, he's there for Sora, and he's there to try and conquer the darkness in his own heart. They have no interest in him. And at first, they mistake him for Xemnas, the superior, whatever. And that I think that's part of the reason why they're not too concerned about him at first, but when they do interfere, um, there's still no repercussions on Riku's part. He doesn't, you know, forget who he was or why he's there or anything like that. And I don't think we've yet decided whether we're separating out Riku and Repliku. No, so we are. We, we are? We're separating them out? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, Riku kind of circumvents Castle Oblivion's whole thing because he doesn't actually care about Castle Oblivion itself. He doesn't and, care about anything in Castle Oblivion except for Sora. And he does also have that lingering bit of, um, Terranort, or... The evil ex? The... Head ex? No, he's not... I mean, he's, he's not technically he's an ex, little bit but of he's, he's got... Yeah, he's got... The lingering bit of <clears throat> Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, not Ansem the Wise. I get the feeling that that might also be a part of why it doesn't really affect him, because because of that, he also has a little bit of Xehanort in him. Yeah. And if Castle Oblivion is basically a giant monochromatic maze trying to keep you away from the center of it as hard as possible. It's not, but it's not trying to keep you away from the center of it. Well, it's trying to distract you. What it's trying to keep you away from is the, um, I think it's called the Room of Repose? Yeah. Yeah, because that is what Organizations 13, or at least Xemnas' goal, is when they acquire Castle Oblivion. And the only person who knows how to get there is Aqua. Yeah. And Xemnas um, has, I can't remember what the other matching room is called. I think it's the Room of Repose and the Room of Waking or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um... I f believe Xemnas has access to the Room of Waking or whatever the fuck the other one is. And that's why he's trying to find the Room of Repose, because he knows Ven's there. And I'm sure, you know, Terra plays into that to some effect. But, again, you know, Xehanort wanted to get rid of all these potential Keyblade uh, key Masters. It's like what I said before about Terra kind of knowing something's there that he cares about, but not knowing what or where. Yeah. He's just kind of got this sense that something important is there, if he's sentient, and maybe not. And I don't think the Lingering Will knows how to get there at all. Yeah. I mean, when... If you have had a copy of 2.8 and you got to play um, Aqua's... Uh, Fragmentary Passage. There we go. Fragmentary Passage. There is a scene in it where um, she runs into Terranort and Terra... Like, like literally wandering around in the darkness as himself. You see him fighting with, like, spoilers, but you see him fighting Xehanort. And tr yeah, he's, you know, at least at that point, very actively trying to gain back his sense of self. But there's no guarantee for how long it actually is that Aqua spends in the darkness before the end of it, and there's no guarantee of how early or late in that passage she sees that. That could have still been very early on, for all we know. Yeah, and Because Aqua time has, is not a thing. Yeah, Aqua has been in the realm of darkness for at least ten years at this point, so. Who knows if Terra is still fighting, or if he's given up, or if he's just kind of there. Yeah. It reminds me of, I hate to say this, but it really reminds me of that one oh shitty Stephanie Meyer book that wasn't Twilight. It was called The Host, and I know you didn't read it, Diana, but I did, because I don't know why. But... 
the host was basically about parasitic aliens that took over human brains and repressed the human's personality into, like, the deepest corners of their subconscious. Huh. And it was actually kind of good when you ignore all the Stephanie Meyer Mormon mom weird <laughs> sex stuff. I don't know. It was weird, but it was definitely a very different animal from fucking Twilight. Um, and it was really, really so. interesting because it basically was a book about the internal conflict between one of the invading aliens and the human mind that refused to be repressed by that alien. Hmm. Which is kind of what I'm thinking with Tara and Xanor, is that Tara is not quite able to gain control. Basically, the alien could control all the physical functions of his body, but sometimes the human would bust out of the subconscious and speak, but she could never move her own limbs. So you're thinking of it in the way that Riku was um, possessed by Xehanort. You remember that scene in yes. Hollow Bastion where he manifests in like a spirity looking translucent kind of way, and he's saying, oh, you're not gonna use me for this, Kyrie, Sora, Sora get Kyrie Pretty out of here, Pretty much, but in a more extreme fashion, because yeah. Terra was so much more viciously suppressed, yeah. and he was also um, much less prepared to do any fighting back. Yeah, because... He did not expect that to happen at all. Well, Terra, you know, did catch on eventually about what was supposed to happen. Um, he just was already going down a dark path for so long that I think it was more difficult for him to fight back because He had of that. less of a guard up. He he had less of a wall for Xehanort to break through. Um, and yeah. I think that he may very well be fighting in that fashion, but he's not. Um, so, again, with this stupid book, but most of the hosts, most of these human minds were not strong enough to break through the corner of the subconscious that they were repressed to. Mm -hmm. This one particular alien was extremely unique in her ability to break through the alien's control of her brain, and she still couldn't get very far. Most of them were completely non-existent until the alien was removed, and even then, sometimes, they would never come back. Hmm. So this is kind of... Terra seems like he might be kind of in between the two. He's there. If you remove Xehanort, he will come back, but he won't be quite the same. Of course not. And he may have at one point been able to kind of break through that very briefly, but I don't think he can handle it for very, very long at all. Yeah. And if he could handle it for a long time at one point, he certainly can't now. Well, there was... It was our Terra character analysis. We will go into Terra more at a later date because I love him, but basically Castle Oblivion is screwed up and yeah, it's, the it's whole, fucky. The whole premise of Castle Oblivion is to keep you away from the Room of Repose because the only reason the Land of Departure would become Castle Oblivion would be because a Keyblade Master triggered whatever certain thing it was that Aqua triggered. Yeah, the failsafe to keep something safe. It's like blast doors for the entire world. Yeah. You know, it's basically saying this place is going to do everything in its power to keep you out and keep you away from this place, despite Xemnas trying to use Sora or whatever in some form. There's also a possibility that the, the maze kind of structure that castle oblivion does run under there is a possibility that that structure is unique to whoever whoever locks the um land of departure it is possible that xehanort cannot find his way to the room of repose because he's not the one who locked it oh that actually makes sense also that just reminds me i saw this comic one time oh dear where it was what if aqua hadn't left um castle oblivion slash the land of departure and it shows like everyone 
like banging around and doing all their organization 13 crap in <laughs> castle oblivion she and just she sitting there with a no poster? no and then she comes out and she's like what are you all doing in my house <laughs> stop putting holes in my ship basically <laughs> i just thought it was the funniest thing ever i don't know that i'll be able to find it and link it like i did last time but, but yeah um basically castle oblivion is a unique creation of aqua's doing yes i think um because to... if if it if it manifested the same way every time that it was locked xehanort would there there'd be a distinct path xehanort would be able to figure it out eventually but if it's keyed keyed haha if it's keyed to the person who locks it then only that person can find their way back right and now that i think about it since castle oblivion is so closely tied to ven and aqua um i think it's very possible that to wake ven up we will make a return to castle oblivion and it may do the same thing hollow bastion did and revert back to its original state as land of departure which would be very, very cool, but also very, very sad. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I, I hate to be morbid, but what happens to Master Ericus's body? Like, Well, Master Ericus, when he was killed, just kind of disintegrated oh, yeah. into light. Kind of like Jedi. Master Ericus is a Jedi, everybody. Oh my god, just like Xemnas is a Sith Lord. Exactly, and Zem <laughs> you can't argue with me, Xemnas uses lightsabers, and if you'd like to fight this with me, I welcome you into my inbox, because I will destroy you. They are lightsabers, They're, and I can prove it. quote, ethereal blades. They're lightsabers. Lightsabers are ethereal blades. They're made of plasma. Fight me. Yeah, but his aren't made of plasma. His would be made of light, and that's Then they're the a same photonic thing. weapon. It's pretty similar. Oh my god. <laughs> Xemnas is a Sith Lord. Ericus is a Jedi Master. Ericus is. Uh, Ericus is not Yoda. No. Yen Sid's Yoda. Oh my god. Yen Sid is definitely Yoda. Don't Fuck. say that. Are you sure Mickey's not Yoda in this uh, no, scenario? No, Mickey is much more forthcoming than, than Yoda, frankly. Fair enough. I just want you to link that video, um, the fucking Seagulls video. Oh my god, I'm not linking that video. It's, it's a bad lip reading video, it's really funny. It's a Star Wars bad lip reading video, and just it, look it, it up. It, it involves Yoda and seagulls, and it's great. And it's it's where that one freaking stupid vine came from of Yoda, just doing... You know, over and over and over. It's, it's from that, it's like a four minute long video. So yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end of our podcast for this week if you guys have any castle oblivion theories actually please let us know whatever our crazy minds have not already come up with we are very yeah. curious feel free to hit us up on social media we are on facebook as kingdom hurts podcast we are on tumblr as kingdom hurts podcast we are on twitter as Kingdom Hurts PC, because Kingdom Hurts Cast and Kingdom Hurts Podcast were too long of a handle, unfortunately. Incredible. And our personals are Actual Aeroshock, in my case, and Feminist Larkseen in hers. So, yes, um, there will be links to all that. Um, we are also officially on iTunes now, as well as SoundCloud, Yay! as I'm sure you guys have gathered. So leave us a review, maybe? Leave us leave us some five stars. Because Tell us I how much you I love us. But yeah, we will see you guys all, hopefully next week, if we can manage to keep a regular schedule. <laughs> We're doing pretty good so far, two out of two. Yeah, two for two. We'll see when this goes up. 
Anyway, yeah, we will see you next Thursday slash Friday. And have a good day. Goodbye. Or night.